Welcome to the Embodied Soul Podcast, where we spit truth and break the rules. Let's dive in. We are live. Welcome back to the Embodied Soul Podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. We have Claire, who is the dream doula. Claire is a purpose coach who helps women connect to their dream and make it a reality. And I'm so excited to have you, Claire. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this all day. Wow. For my first question that I want to ask you is just really simple. What is a dream doula? Because it sounds amazing and really exciting and mysterious. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I had a client once tell me, you're like a dream doula. And when she said it, I was like, oh my God, I am. <laughs> and it does sound mysterious, but when you when you run the parallels of birthing a, a human, a baby, and birthing a dream, they're actually quite similar, right? So there's, you know, there's the conception process where you're kind of trying, right? And then there's, you know, then you, you, the, the clarity lands. It's like, oh my God, this is happening. Like we're, we're going to have a baby. And then you go through this birth, this um, incubation process, right? Where it's kind of like, it's uncomfortable and like, it hurts to move Mm. sometimes. And like, sometimes you just feel like lifeless. And then sometimes you're like super inspired and energetic. So it's this whole journey. And then you actually go through the birthing process of bringing your dream to life. And for my clients, that dream could be a new business. It could be crystal clarity on your purpose. It could be the love of your life. Um, It could be scaling your business, right? So it could be taking your business that's maybe kind of working and making it, you know, even bigger, even stronger, even more robust, right? So once you actually birth this thing, so like, you know, you push launch on the website or, you know, your Instagram first post goes up or, you know, you, you establish that you're, you know, you're ready to call in your, your, your love. Then we have the part two, which is like where you actually get to start nurturing and, and creating from this, from this new life that you've brought into the world. So I look at everything through the parallel of, of really birthing because it, it, it's such a labor of love, whether that is your purpose, your business, or calling in your, your life. Hmm, that's so true. We often forget that living our dreams is actually not selfish and it is service and it is like you said a labor of love. And that's something that I think a lot of people almost keeps them from living their dream, right? It's like, oh, I can't do this because it's selfish. I need to do, you know, whatever else instead and live a nine to five and, you know, do whatever. So how would you start shifting that belief that somebody might have that living their dream is selfish? Yeah. You know, I, I have so many clients that come to me in nine to fives. Right. And I think the way that I look at it is that if you look at people like you know, Taylor Swift or Oprah or these people who are just so clearly living their purpose, right? I put myself into this category with much humility in in comparison of putting my names in, in that category. But, you know, it's like 
think about the impact that Oprah, for example, or Mother Teresa, or, you know, Gandhi, or, you know, there's so many, I mean, endless examples, Taylor Swift have had, think of the impact that they've had on the world. Think about the millions of people that just they're living their dream has had on the world. Like it's, it's infinite. Like to go, to think about the domino effect that they've had you know, from, from the woman who, you know, was on the brink of suicide and heard Oprah say something that totally pulled her up and out, you know, from, you know, someone, you know, wanting to, to live a life of service, you know, and, and being inspired by mother Teresa, um, you know, to an aspiring musician or an aspiring, you know, anything hearing the mastery of Taylor Swift and being in her energy, maybe live in a concert, being like, oh my God, like I want to feel lit up like this every day. It's a domino effect. And so in my opinion, it's actually selfish to not step into your dream and to not be living in full alignment with your soul's purpose. Like that is the reason that we're all here. So I believe that we all came here with a unique soul contract and it can be played out in many different, many different ways, right? So I don't, I believe that there are many soulmates available to us. But I do believe that, you know, there, we all have a unique purpose. We all have a unique curriculum that we're put on this earth to put into motion. And so if you know that you're cling, clinging to the stability of, you know, a job or a relationship or a situation or an environment that's not allowing you to be of, of service and living in alignment with your purpose, then that is actually selfish. Because you're, you're withholding your magic and you're withholding your unique frequency and potency that when you bring into the world, you will change lives, which is why we're all here. Imagine if all of us were operating on the Oprah Taylor Swift, you know, frequency, like it would be a freaking different planet. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could not agree with you more. I actually did a masterclass a few, um, months ago about why living your truth is the most selfless thing that you can do because it is the impact and people need to hear our stories and get inspired so that they can be less afraid and feel more worthy too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, so beautiful. Yeah. Well, that leads us into your story because of course, there's got to be a story of how you got here, <laughs> what spurred you to go on this journey of living your dream life. Yeah. Give us all so, the juicy details. <laughs> yeah. So I always like to start back at the roots, back where I came from, because I think, you know, so much, so much of the work that I do with my clients is going back to what was your passion when you were little? Like what was exciting to you when you were little? Like those weren't mistakes. And a lot of the work that I do with my clients is unwiring, rewiring the beliefs that we developed as children, right? So children are told no on average 200 times a day, right? So like, no, you can't have the juice. No, you can't go outside. No, you can't watch TV. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. Now, a lot of times that's, you know, to create structure and to keep children safe. And that no frequency, that no pathway starts impacting us in our dreams, right? So it's like, oh, I would love to be a chef. No, chefs don't make enough money. Or I would love to, you know, be a doctor. No, you're not smart enough, whatever it might be, 
right? So I always like to go in through the lens of my own story, which is I'm, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, for any fellow Southerners out there. Um, and one of the, the pivotal moments in my life is that, you know, I had a lot of different passions when I was little. Like I loved creating, I adored art, um, I loved singing, I loved doing make-believe. Like I was holding ceremonies on the floor of my childhood bedroom when I was like six years old. I actually had a dream interpreting business when I was in middle school. Like I was super into this work in this realm well before it even clicked for me, right? But a, a pivotal moment, and I've told this story a lot recently because it was such a, a, a universal intervention for me is I tried out for the cheerleading team. Now I'm not, I was not the most coordinated and I didn't make the team and all my best friends did. And this was super devastating for me because I was like, I want to be with all my friends. I want to do the cool thing. Like I want to be a cheerleader. Like the boys will like me if I'm a cheerleader. I want to wear the little outfit, you know, all these things. Right. And I didn't make the team and I'll never forget the moment I walked up and I saw the list and my name wasn't on it. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, my life. It was just so crushing for me. And so I remember, and I, I don't know like where this came from, but something, you know, I'd had a passion for theater and, and the next day I saw like tryouts for the school musical. And I was like, I'm going to get the lead in that show. <laughs> for any Enneagram people out there, I'm a three, the achiever. So I was like, I'm going to get the lead. <laughs> Like, watch me. And I did. And that started me on an entirely different journey than the cheerleading. And what's interesting is that, you know, I fell into theater and it became, I believe, one of the most healing outlets for me as a, as a child and as a young adult. And it gave me something that I excelled at and that I loved. Right. And, and at the same time, I also loved the attention that I got. I'm a Leo. So I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like everyone tells me I'm the best. I'm the star. Like it was like totally feeding my ego. And so much so that when it was time to apply for colleges, I was like, I just want to go to New York. I want to go to New York and I want to be a star. So that's what I did. I got into theater school. I get to New York, like, you know, Annie with the suitcases, the, you know, <laughs> the young starlet on Annie with the suitcases. And yeah. I'm like, you... I lost you for a second. Okay. I lost you for a second, Claire. Um, you're back now, but you froze for a second. Can you just, I lost you right when you said Annie with the suitcases. Yeah. Okay. So we'll. So it was like I was the young starlet and Annie with the suitcases getting on the bus going to New York. And I get to New York and I realized very quickly that I didn't actually want it that bad. Right. And this was one of the huge lessons for me. And that sometimes what we think the dream is, is not what the dream actually is. Right. And so what I did is, you know, I stayed the course pursuing theater for four years because I was so ashamed to admit that I'd gotten it wrong, mm -hmm. that like the thing I was known for wasn't the thing I really wanted. So I tried all different ways. I was like, you know, maybe I'll go into film or TV or production management and directing or stage management. And 
I couldn't, I, I just, it wasn't for me. And I was so embarrassed of that. And when I actually got right with myself and said, you know what, this isn't it. Then I was left with, well, I don't know what is. And that was such a scary feeling for me, which I think a lot of people can relate to is like, if you let go of what the dream was and you have no clue what the dream is, then what's there. And that's like, that moment is where most of my clients come to me. Right. And I'm, I've been in this, in that space more times than I can count. And I'm an expert at navigating it. And so what I did is I essentially another job fell into my lap and that became my new source of worthiness. Right. So there was a pattern happening where I was seeking worthiness in work, which I think a lot of people can relate to. I found safety in the security and the paycheck and the bonus and the insurance, right? But again, I was there for over nine years, you know, and, and I, I was a leader. I was the youngest person on the executive team at a, at a very successful startup. I was thriving. And yet I knew in my soul, I was like, this isn't it. So there I am again at that crossroads of like, I've got the worthiness, I've got the stability, I've got the security, all the same things that theater degree gave me, but it wasn't the thing. And I knew that in my heart. And so what did I do? I had to take another leap. And so I convinced my job to let me work remotely. And I traveled around the world for two years and I went on a soul, soul journey. Mm -hmm. um, I actually did eat, pray, love in reverse unknowingly. It was accidental. I didn't realize it until I was in Rome and I was like, oh my God. I just did the whole movie in reverse. Oh gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and, you know, I, during that time, I, you know, I lived in Bali and I studied with an incredible fifth generation priestess learning how to do, learning how to work with energy and how to move energy. I studied with a master mindset coach in Melbourne, Australia. Um, you know, I fell in love in Barcelona. I did all of these things that showed me my own true power that helped me connect to who I truly was. And I realized that the clarity and the, the fulfillment and the freedom never actually came from outside. They only came from inside. I started working with my therapist, really looking at my childhood, healing my inner child. I hired my incredible coach, Tracy, who completely believed in me. Right. And it was through that, through starting my coaching program, I'm a coactive coach um, that I started to, the pieces started, the puzzle pieces started to click. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get to the end of my two year journey and I'm like, okay, all I know is I need to quit my job and I don't want to go back to New York. So there I was again at that, that jumping off point where I'm like, crap, but I don't know what's next. So what did I do? I just let the right next thing happen, which was my best friends in New York were like, we're going to Mexico city on vacation. Come with us. Great. I've been in Mexico for over four years now. <laughs> Um, I started my business officially five years ago. Um, and since I've been supporting women, mostly really helping them get clarity on their purpose, which often leads to them wanting to start businesses, which often coincides with them wanting to call in love. And so that's been my work. I lead retreats all over Mexico. Um, and yeah, you know, it's my, my work is rooted in my story. And the way that I share my work is through my story because it's nothing's more powerful and, and it's a journey. It's a process. And as you can tell, like it is a birthing process to come into the truth of who you truly are. And 
you're on, we're all on a set of curriculum, right? We're all on a unique path. And I think it's, it's such a gift to, to be able to say like, I'm, I'm going to take leap after leap after leap and leap in service of the truth of my story and of my journey, having so much faith that one way or another, I'm going to get where I want to go. And I think that's, that's the magic of this work is like watching women step into their power over and over and over again through the portal of truth and trust. It takes so much trust to be on this path, as you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that because mm-hmm. it, that is part of it. It's like, well, what's lighting you up and being able to follow those feelings, yes. but then having the trust And that is something I think a lot of people do get stuck in is being able to trust that it's the right thing or that it's going to be okay. So what would you say is a way that we can feel more confident in that trust? Totally. So there's, there's a teaching I come back to again and again and again. Um, And it's actually goes back to my theater degree. (laughs) Um, that's actually come in handy. So there's a, there's a teacher named Dan Diggles. <laughs> God bless him. He's, he's super, I actually haven't talked to him in, in years, but, um, or since college actually, but he wore like a fanny pack, you know, he was like just a super, super character as I'm sure, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and he wrote a book called the rules of improv and, there are three rules of improv. And these are the thing, the three kind of pillars that I often go back to again and again and again and again with people who are in that place of like being a little bit newer on the journey, like maybe they aren't sure. And so the first rule of improv, and so I want, as I'm saying this, I want you to, um, you know, imagine it like through the lens of your business, calling in love or getting clarity on your purpose, right? So it can, it can apply to any of those. So the first rule of improv is dare to be obvious. So like a lot of times I see people, they're like racking their brain, you know, they're like, oh my God, like, I don't know what my thing is, like, what's my purpose? And they're like, you know, reading all these books and taking all these courses and doing plant medicine and like, you know, trying to like get clear on what their thing is. And what I would say is like, can you just dare to be obvious? Like, what is, what is the thing that is calling you right now? Like what feels exciting to you right now? And can you just take one step towards that? And I think that a lot of times we, we really complicate things, right? So I always tell my clients, like, just because you're good at solving complicated problems doesn't mean that everything is a complicated problem. And that's especially Mm -hmm. true in purpose, business, and love. So the first thing I like to say is like, dare to be obvious. Like you've always been curious about, you know, scuba diving. Can you take a course more simple than that? Like you've always been curious about, you know, herbs. Like, can you take a course, an online course, $25 in in herbalism? You know, Um, you've always been curious about, you know, working with kids. Can you go volunteer? Like service is such a portal to purpose right? So dare to be obvious, right? And going back to what you asked is like, how do you build that sense of trust? Well, I believe that these three rules are what lead, are a great leaping off point for that. So daring to be obvious, right? 
is rule number one of improv plus your dream. Second rule is say yes and, right? So like, you know, the universe might drop, you know, someone quote randomly texts you and is like, hey, like I'm going to, you know, this art gallery on Monday. Do you want to join? And, you know, maybe at first you feel that little ping of like, oh my God, that would be so fun. And then what comes in is what I call the saboteur that's like, no, I, I have to work or I have to wake up early the next morning or whatever. And it's like, can you just say yes? Like, can you just say yes? Can you just start saying yes? Once I started the rule of yes, like saying yes to everything that even if I felt an initial spark, now obviously don't say yes if it's something that's unsafe or you really don't want to do. But how many times, again, going back to kids are told no over 200 times a day, right? Your brain is trained to look for the no. Your higher self will say yes to the yes if you say yes, right? So sometimes you have to manually override your saboteur's no into your higher self's yes. So can you say yes and to whatever the universe is putting in your, in your field, because it's not by mistake. Right. And then the third rule of improv and your dreams is to make the universe look good. Now in in the book, it's make your partner look good, but I replaced it with make the universe look good by taking Mm. action. So by again, saying yes. And so when we work these three rules, what happens actually is that you start building capacity for trust, right? Now, if I told one of your listeners who's, you know, maybe struggling with their coaching business or, you know, hasn't been on the dating apps in years or, you know, really wants to leave their full-time job, if I said, you know, go move to France, quit your job and like, you know, go try to make your dream come true, whatever it might be. That, that's too much on your system, right? It's too much. So how can you start small, daring to be obvious, saying yes to what's coming into your field and make, making the universe look good by taking action, by saying yes, don't stay stagnant, just one, the right next step. And that's how you build the capacity for trust so that the, the little steps feel like no big deal so that when the bigger steps, like I'm going to go live in Paris for the month, that becomes an easier yes because you've built capacity in your nervous system and in your soul makeup to make that not feel so scary. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That safety in our bodies yes. is so huge because it's like our nervous system is trained and stuck yeah. to be a certain way from all the conditioning, all the things that we've been through. And so anything that's like slightly out of our comfort zone or out of that, just like different is, it's yeah. a big deal. So yes. even just like the first time, like the first time that yeah. you have to trust is like, whoa, just quitting a job before you have another one. hundred you know? yeah. percent. It's like massive. Yeah. And I think like, just to kind of piggyback on that, you know, one of the things that I really, really, really strongly encourage all of my clients to have is an, in, what I call an investor in your dream. And that usually takes the form of a day job, a consulting job, a retainer client, something that's basically like all your all your basic needs, living expenses, right? Because it's I see a lot with people who are creating new businesses or wanting to take leaps. Like, you know, they're like, I'm just going to quit my job and like make my dream a reality. And it's extremely hard to create from that place where you're, it's not fair to put your dream and the position of feeding you at first, 
right? Just in the yeah. same way, it's not fair to expect a newborn baby to find food for itself. It needs its mother, right? So like it, again, like don't, I don't recommend putting yourself in positions that feel so jarring that you're basically setting yourself up to fail. And I've done that before. Um, it's all about the right next step. It's not about radical action all the time. Of course, there's a time and a place for that. But typically in my work, it's like slow and steady and you get there versus, you know, and, and slow and steady builds capacity for leaps beyond what you could have ever fathomed if you were trying to take yeah. a leap from, you know, square one. So we're slowly building capacity so that that compound effect is you look back in three months and you're like, oh my God, how did I get here? Yes. 100%. It's crazy. I was talking with a client yesterday or the other day, one-on-one -on -one client, and she came to me for something completely different than what's been happening in her life, just general life coaching. And if we've been working together for seven months, she went from miserable, hating her job to completely in love with her job getting offered a promotion and feeling like life is now everything's happening for her. Everything wow. is falling into place completely for her. Everything's easy. There's no struggle. And I think that's the thing that we are all kind of wanting, but we're not realizing that the way to get there is just by doing small steps. Yeah. yeah. Just by, the, starting with that inner work that you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. Little steps. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention like the first thing I do with all my clients is I take them through a mindset program that's I created rooted in neuroscience and positive psychology. Like ultimately, and if like we boil it down, it really comes down to your thoughts create your reality. Right. And now that's not to say like, if you have a negative thought, that thing's going to happen. I think that's super like spiritual bypassy toxic yeah. culture. Yeah. But I do think, and I, I know this from my own experience, like I used to go around, you know, I lived in New York for 12 years. I used to go around saying, I'm going to die alone. I'm doomed. I'm lost. Right. So my life was a, was, those were three of my core, two of my core beliefs. Right. And so I think, Another thing that anyone, like whoever's listening, can and should start doing now is creating awareness around the thoughts that you're thinking, right? So like if you're going around all day, like I'm never going to get out of this job. I'm always going to be broke. Like I don't even say the quote B word. Like <laughs> that's just like not in my vocabulary, you know? So you can change your life through your thoughts because your thoughts create your beliefs and your beliefs create your actions or inactions and your actions or inactions absolutely create your results and your results equal your life, right? So like the, the first thing that I do with any client is like, we got to get connected to the, what I call the saboteur, the negative voice in your head. And then we've got to get you connected to your higher self, the part of you that's like already done the thing, that's already stepped into the vision so that you can start closing the gap between where you are now and where she is, he is, they are, that version of you. So the yes. thoughts, the thought, it's it's like thoughts, energy, action. You have to work all three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. 
what would you tell somebody who no like feels like they're meant for something more there's something underneath but they're maybe feeling unworthy or like they don't deserve to go after whatever the thing is and this is definitely part of the reframing of the thoughts but i feel like so many of us have that unworthy core belief what would you say to them yeah you know i think the first thing I would say is, you know, the the thought model that I just mentioned, and that's rooted in Brooke Castillo, the life coach school. So you can look up her podcasts. Um, I think that is like an important place to start because if you're going around telling yourself, I'm unworthy, I'm never going to get there. It's never going to happen for me. Like I'm not deserving of this. Well, then guess what? You're going to keep perpetuating that, right? The other thing I would say is that a lot of times the reason you're feeling unworthy is because you're looking too far ahead, right? So like maybe from where you are now, having, you know, a seven-figure coaching business, you don't feel worthy of that. And that would make sense because right now, you know, maybe you're working like an hourly job at a craft store, right? So that's a huge leap, right? But what would feel accessible is maybe, you know, I have one coaching client. Can you build capacity to feel worthy of that? Right? Can you can you build capacity? And then once you have the one client, it's like, okay, now I have three clients. And then once you have three clients, it's okay, I'm going to replace my craft store job, you know, income with my coaching clients. And once I get there, I can leave. Right. And then you slowly, you know, you, you keep going in that way. So a lot of times you don't feel worthy because your dream feels so far out of reach that it's like, I can't even connect. I can't even see how I would get there. So let's back it up and let's start building momentum. You know, it's like a tumbleweed. It's like, we have to keep building momentum so that you have tangible proof that it's possible. Right. I know that it's possible because I have five clients right now. And if I triple my rates and triple the amount of clients, I'm well on my way to multi six figures, for example. You know what I mean? So I see a lot of people getting stuck because they're looking too far ahead. So what if you could mm-hmm. peel it back and just what's what's the what's the mini dream on the way to the capital D dream? Mm-hmm. Yes, I really love that so much. Just small Everything is about taking those small steps towards the thing and not making it seem like, oh, I have to overcome this massive thing to make any difference or to follow my dreams or to make an impact. And it's like, no, just start with one person. See if you can make one person smile every day. Yeah, I love that. And it can even be like, we can even start there, you know, like forget the getting clients, like you know, like you said, maybe it's just like, can I, can I say one thing I'm grateful for each day? Like how small can you make it? That's like a great practice of like, how small of a step can I take and watch how much easier it gets when you make the step small and manageable versus like, oh my God, I'm trying to become like a worldwide superstar. It's like, no, back it up, back it up, babe. Like what's the right next Mm -hmm. step that will light you up and start there. Yes. Oh, that's, I love that so much. How small can you make it? That's so good. Yeah. 
for the people that are listening that maybe aren't interested in starting a business, but maybe have dreams for falling in love and finding the man or woman, whoever is listening or person of their dreams. Yeah. What would you say those steps might be? Yeah. So, you know, love me for me, like purpose, love and business. The process is quite similar. Right. And so the first step is really always working on your mindset. Right. So like, what, what are the thoughts you're telling yourself around love? Is it that, you know, like you're deserving of having, you know, the type of love that you want, or is it that you're too old or, you know, he's not out there, they're not out there. You know, what are the stories that you're telling yourself around love? Right. And then I always like to have my clients create their magnetic self in dating. Right. So like, how do you want to show up in dating? And then you start practicing embodying that version of yourself when you're on the apps, when you're, you know, at the coffee shop and the cute person smiles at you, you know, it's almost like you put on the magnetic dating suit and you get to become Mm -hmm. that version that maybe isn't so accessible right now. But again, going back to my roots in theater, it's like, can you, can you method act that version until you're so comfortable being in that, in that embodied way of being that's still you right and then we move into really dreaming about the type of person that you want to be with right so like what I see so much with my clients is like I'm like well what what type of partner do you want and they're it's like someone who's taller than me it's like okay well let's let's go beyond I get that I'm 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 on the height train too I'm super tall I'm almost 5'10 so I get that and like what 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 type of heart do you want in your person? You know, like what are your core values and how can you start learning how to look for theirs? Mm-hmm. How do you, what type of questions are you asking? So really dreaming into the type of person that you think you want to be with. And then we move into exploring, which is like going on dates. So I'd say like the number one thing I see so many of my, my clients and followers not doing is dating. They're like, oh, I'm taking a break. I'm not on the apps. Like, I'm, you know, someone asked me out, but I told them I'm not ready. You know, it's like, it's not that serious. Like go get a coffee, go get a drink, go for a walk. Like it's not that serious. Spend an hour with someone if for nothing else, just to explore and practice being open. Right. Because that's the whole thing about dating is he, they, she can't feed this applies regardless of, you know, what gender you're attracted to. They can't feel you if you're not being true, if you're not, if you're not, you know, able to open your heart, like they can't feel you. And I see so many women going into dates almost like with this mask of like, they think, you know, they try Mm -hmm. to be the perfect woman and and he can't feel you. Right. And then we get into, you know, rushing into intimacy and then, you know, it's kind of like the, there's no chance at, at true connection. And so you have, but you have to practice, right? So exploring the type of person that you want to be with through going on dates, through going to activities where potential partners might be like, you know, through putting yourself out there, you're exploring and then you're, then you have real soul line data. So you're like, I'm so crystal clear on what I want and what I don't want. And I feel so empowered by my mindset and the the evidence that I've gotten from my exploration that like, 
I know what I'm looking for. And I can so confidently say no to anything that's not that. And once you get to that point, it's, it's part magic because like the universe will always send you the right people, places and things at the perfect time. And it's also part strategy because it's like, you've gotten clear, you've done the work, you've, 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 you know, gotten to a place where you're so clear on what you want that it's easy to say no to anything that isn't that, right? So you aren't wasting your time. So that's what, that's what I would say are kind of like the steps to calling in the one. Mm, yeah, definitely. And putting yourself out there a little bit and yes. trying yes. the thing, which is dating apps and it's uncomfortable, but it's like, yeah, nothing is going to happen if you just keep saying, oh, I'm so ready to meet my dream yeah. partner. And then you're doing nothing. Right. Like, what are you doing to meet him, you know, and not from a mm -hmm. sense of urgency. You know, one of the, the big things that I work mm -hmm. on with my clients and in my upcoming program is like releasing the timeline and releasing the how, you know, like one of the things I did that I speak very openly about is I froze my eggs. I'm 35 now, I'll be 36 soon. And I felt so much pressure in dating because every man I met, I was like, Oh my God, is he going to be the one? Cause I want to have kids so badly. That's my deepest mm -hmm. desire is to be a mother. My deepest desire is to be a wife and then to be a mother. And so one of the things that I did that I'm so grateful I had, you know, the opportunity and resources to do was I froze my eggs so that I could release myself from the timeline. Because the other mm -hmm. thing I see, this is speaking to women specifically is you know, there's this sense of urgency and that's, you know, created from a cultural assumption that we need to be married by a certain age. You know, we should, I'm from the South. So, you know, all my friends have at least three kids by now. My sisters were married, you know, before 25, you know, I'm going to be 36 next month. Um, and, you know, that freezing my eggs was so empowering for me because I was able to say, you know what, like, God, I trust you so much on this timeline and like, I'm going to make it even easier on us so we can take our time, right? Like, cause I will not settle for someone who's not going to be the right match for me. And so I think, you know, that was obviously an extreme way that I, you know, I, an approach I took, um, and I don't think that that's yeah. everyone's path, um, I wrote an ebook on that. DM me if you want a copy of it. Uh, the Spiritual Girl's Guide to Egg Freezing. <laughs> um, but you know, I think oh, I think I think that you can do other things to release yourself from the timeline and the sense of urgency. And that's like one of the things I teach is like on the dates. You know, at what point do you bring up what you're looking for? Like, how do you talk about kids? You know, all these things because you know, what I see women doing so much is like, if the first date, you know, they're not like, you know, on their knee ready to get married, they're like, he's not serious enough. And then we've discounted like a potentially very amazing man. So it's, it's released. And this goes for business too. This is why I can't not bring love business and purpose because, and, and it's all part of the birthing process. Like when you're giving birth, like there is no sense, you can't, you're not in control of the timeline. <laughs> right? Like you're not in control of the timeline. You're not in control of if it's going to be, you know, home birth, C-section, vaginal, like whatever it might be, like you have to surrender to the highest good. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always say like the how and the when is none of your concern. 
And so that's another big piece in dating is, and it's so hard. And like, you know, everyone listening, I know that it's so hard. I really do. And like, once you reach this place of just like so much trust, going back to the self-trust, like once you reach the place of just having so much faith that your person is out there, that's when they arrive. Yeah. It's inevitable at that point. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey, if you don't mind, in your love life and how you have been able to hold this very high vision yeah while also birthing a business and having all that and putting it all together totally so you know my my love life has been such an incredible teacher for me and it's in many ways been like a laboratory for me to do some of my deepest healing and really uncover some of my patterns that are playing out or were playing out in my business and vice versa And, you know, for me, I think I've gotten to a point where it's like, I don't know a reality that he's not coming. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know that reality. And that comes from the process that I use around the mindset and the energy and the strategy. Um, And this is what I teach in all of my containers is, is getting to the place where it's like, I don't know a reality where my business isn't at the level I want it to be. I don't know a reality where I'm not lit up every day by the work that I'm doing because I'm so crystal clear on my purpose. I don't know a reality where my person isn't by my side. And you get to actually become that. And the the way that I've, I believe, you know, taken so many leaps is because I've just decided. I've decided that my business is going to be successful and it is. Right. And while I'm still single, you know, I could, I could sit here and I could, I could say, oh, I, I, you know, I haven't found my, my king yet or my, my person yet. So I'm not, I'm not qualified to teach on love. But instead, I'm saying, actually, no. (laughs) I, I am so confident in my teachings and my work and my approach to this that like he is right here. And I know that my stepping into this, this work, you know, deeper into, into the, the dating coaching world is only going to magnetize him more. And so you have to believe in yourself. No one's going to believe in yourself and you for you. So that's really, I believe one of the keys to, dare I say life is like, can you believe in yourself more than anyone else? And can you attune to that frequency so that the way that you show up in the morning when, you know, you open your laptop, the way you show up on the date is like, it's already mine Mm -hmm. with so much trust. And it's going to be the how, you know, the who, the where, like with so much trust of it unfolding in my highest good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that we're talking about both of these things because it really does show you how parallel so it is. Yeah. And I, it's something I realized being on my journey of starting a business and in relationship and it all, it all feels like it's my patterns and my shadows are the exact same in every situation. It's the same. It's like, it's actually crazy. Like, and what, and what, what I love and the reason I 
work these three together, purpose, business, and love is because once you, it's like, I always think of everything as like a giant knot, you know, like a, a knot with many knots inside of it. And it's like, once you get to some of those core patterns, such as like the sense of urgency, the rejection wound, the fear of failure, the not good enough, the money story. Once you start to untangle those knots, they untangle in all the areas, right? Mm -hmm. So like I used to have like mega scarcity around clients. Like I was like, oh my God, like what if I run out? Like what if they stop coming? It's never happened. I've had my business for over five years. I've never once not had plenty of clients. Yet I always had this part of me that was like, oh my God, oh my God, like, you know, oh no, they're, they're finishing their agreement. They're finishing their agreement. Like, what am I going to do? And I would go into this like urgency scarcity mode. And I was doing the exact same thing on dates within Mm. towards the end of the first date. It was like, oh my God, is he going to ask me out again? Is he going to ask me out again? Does he like me? Does he like me? If it's not him, then like who, who else? I don't have any other Mm. dates lined up. It was the exact same energy. And once I undid it in my business, I undid it in love and it changed everything. And the only way to undo it is through the thought work, through embodying the energetics of the version of you that's not afraid of the clients running out, that knows that he, your dream man's just around the corner. It's by becoming her. I always say like, sometimes you just have to method act connect to that version of you through meditation, through visualization, you know, through embodiment practice, and then start practicing being her walk through the grocery store aisles as the woman who's claimed by her King. One of my favorite practices, like show up in the podcast as the woman with the seven figure, eight figure coaching business, because you can be her now, (laughs) but you have to become that version of you now in order to close the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that is something a lot of people do struggle with is knowing how to become more and how to act that. And I think our brains tell us too, like, oh, well, you know, you can't say that you're, you have this person because you don't, it's not real. Right. Right. And Yeah. And so that's, that's when, you know, a, I like to look for tangible evidence in my own life. So like, for example, if, you know, if you're, you know, the story you're telling yourself is like, I'm, I'm never going to meet anyone. Well, can you find a time when you have met someone? Great. So we can prove that to not be true. Another thing I like to do is I like to look for expanders, right? So who are people not in a idolized fantasy way, but who are people, you know, that have what I want so that my brain can start seeing, okay, if she can have it, I can have it. So start looking for tangible evidence of that what you want exists in your life first and in others to disprove Mm -hmm. those self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Evidence. Evidence for your dreams, evidence. Word of law, evidence, (laughs) I call it. (laughs) Mm, Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's so possible. If it's possible for her, it's possible for you. A hundred percent. And I always tell people like, you know, if I, and I'm saying this about my mentors, like if I can leave my job in New York, you know, and start a successful coaching business 
and live anywhere else in the anywhere in the world, like you can too. Like I'm not special. Right. And then I look at my mentors and I'm like, if she can have an eight figure coaching business, I can too. There's no, there's, if, if she can find love, I can too. Yeah. Yeah. It's removing people too from the pedestal that we put everyone on. No one is special. Like no one Mm -hmm. is given anything beyond what you, what you have. It's just a matter of harnessing it, attuning it, practicing it, getting educated and being in the right room with the right people and getting support from people who've walked the path versus trying to figure it out on your own. Cause you will talk mm-hmm. yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been the biggest thing I'm sure you and I can both attest yes. to is when you're on this journey, having the support of somebody to say, yeah, yeah you can do this. Let's keep going is makes all the difference yeah. every single time. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, you know, I was living in Bali. I had, you know, convinced my corporate job to let me travel. And I was like, okay, I've got a little more than a year to basically like figure out what's next. And I was living in Bali and it had been like three months and I had like done nothing. I was like going to start a blog and a travel business and an app. And like, I literally was just like not doing any of that because I didn't know where to start. And I remember I was sitting in a call booth I did a discovery call with my coach, Tracy, and, you know, she told me how much it was. And I was like, oh my God, even though I was making multi, multi six figures at the time, like I totally had the money, but I was like, oh my God, like, and I asked her for a discount. I asked her for a discount and she said no. And thank God she did. I would never do that now. But, you know, I always say like, had I not spent that money on her, I would probably still be in New York. That was the most important. It wasn't the biggest investment. I've invested, you know, well over 50K in coaching at this point, but that it was, it was $2,000. That was the most important investment of my life because it, it catapulted me forward. Because mm-hmm. I Skin got in the room game. with someone who was living the life that I wanted to live. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And they know they can get you there, collapse the time and space that it takes you to get there with what they've learned. Right. And also skin in the game. Like it's a commitment. It's an energy exchange. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't put the thought into, but it's, I'm giving this energy, which in the form of money to receive energy back to, which in the form of coaching. Yeah. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important to mention like, to anyone out there, like your friends, your family, you know, your colleagues, you know, people in your life will probably tell you you are crazy. Um, so many people have told me like, what you think you're just going to like live in Mexico and start a coaching business or like what you think you're going to be a relationship coach or what you think you're going to be a business coach or like, you're never going to be able to make that much money or you know, like, I can't even tell you how many people, friends, family, colleagues, you name it, have told me that I was insane for my vision. Mm-hmm. And it's been coaches that I've hired, mentors that I've hired, and other women like you, Callie, who, you know, are in my network, who are who are the crazy ones, quote, crazy ones. Like, yeah. 
if you don't have people in your circle that are like, yes, girl, you can. And then you have someone, you know, your mom or your sister or whatever, who's like, are you crazy? You better keep that job. Yeah. You know which one you're going to go for? Of course, you're going to choose the safe path. So it is so mission critical to your, the evolution of, of your dream life for you to be in, in the room with not only mentors and coaches, but with colleagues, friends, yeah. sisters, you know, brothers who are, you know, who've stepped into the dream, who are on the journey with you, because mm-hmm. you will talk yourself out of it without that. I did for years. Mm-hmm. Same. I started coaching multiple different times in my life before I really committed to it. Yes, and exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't think, mm, no, let's just go to the comfy thing and do the easy yeah, thing. totally. Can you tell me, so we started the journey, we're following our dreams, we're taking steps. Can you tell me about, maybe this has happened to you, a time when you're doing the thing and then something shifts and it feels like everything is stacked against you. And then all of a sudden it feels like the world is not conspiring in your favor anymore. It's actually conspiring against you. Oh my gosh. This happened to you. Can you tell me how you pulled yourself out of it? Yes. And it's so funny that you mentioned this because I like things seem to happen cyclically with my clients and I have so many clients right now who are there (laughs) and the, the most relevant story, and I speak about this on my Instagram, you know, I, about a year and a half ago, I moved to Austin. So I had been living in Mexico for about three years and I was very, I was very clear through, you know, different, different messages and just kind of symbols and my life path that I wanted to move back to America. I wanted to move to Austin. I wanted to create a life there. And I really felt it was the right next step for my evolution. Now, nothing was wrong with my life in Mexico, right? So it was like, you know, everything was great. Like I had a great group of friends. I loved my apartment. My business was thriving. I was super healthy. Like I was dating, you know, all the things. And then I moved to Austin and it was, you know, I wrote all about this whole thing on my Instagram. So it's like, you know, I'm the dream duel and here I am stepping into my dream of, you know, moving back to America. And, you know, I, I Instagram the whole thing, finding my dream house, which I did you know, meeting, meeting a dream man, which I did living in my dream neighborhood, like meeting dream friends that, you know, had amazing followings on Instagram and were super, you know, well-known and, you know, we love taking selfies together. Like I created this whole vision. And once I was inside of it, everything started to crumble. My health mm-hmm. crumbled. I have, I have chronic health issues. Um, like my health crumbled, my house got mold in it. I signed another lease on another house. It flooded. I got in a wreck. Um, I had a consulting contract as a coach that, you know, ended. It was just like, boom, like just the cards crumbled. And I just was like, someone attacked me. I mean, it just was like crazy. It was like exactly what you're saying. It was just like, the, the house came crumbling down and you're just like, oh my God, like I was so, I was so good, you know, six months ago. And I thought I was taking a leap into like the right next step on my path. And here I am. And it's like, everything is in shambles. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest year of my life. Like hands down, like 
I've never been so sick. I've never been so just like devastated at a dream, not playing out how I thought it would play out. And that year was the biggest blessing of my life. And I literally thank God every day. Thank you, God, for leading me to Austin so that I could experience that, so that I could rebuild from what was actually true for me, right? So I could rebuild from scratch, from, okay, like, this isn't it. I'm out of alignment. I got to take a step back. What do I really want right now? What do I really need right now? What matters to me? Let me go back to my values. What type of life do I really want to build when I take my ego out of it? A lot of times the, the, the dream, quote, dream, can be super tied up in our ego of, of what will make our parents happy. That was a big part of me moving to Austin. My family wanted me to come back to the South, you know, back to where I'm from. You know, I wanted to be, you know, the, the famous Instagram coach, but, and maybe I will be, and maybe I already am. And it doesn't actually matter because like, that's such an egoic desire. Like my, my true desire is to be of service to women and to humanity, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how many freaking followers I have on Instagram. So sometimes the house has to crumble down so that you can rebuild it from a place of deeper truth right? So that you can learn and feel and experience how freaking strong you truly are. And you create from there because I'm telling you nothing. And I see this with my clients all the time. Like nothing will humble you more than the, the house crumbling, than the cards falling, than being in the, you know, the total tornado that life sometimes throws at us. And what you create from the rubble, that's like, that's the magic. In fact, like when I see clients, when I see, I'm like, Oh, here we go. You know, like it's going to happen again to me. I'm sure mm -hmm. it would be insane to think, okay, I'm good now. No, it's going to, yeah. the cards are going to crumble again. The house is going to crumble again. That's life. And it's like, can you a surrender to the crumble? Okay. Like universe. I trust that whatever is in my highest good, let me take the right next aligned step from here. And can I, and what I did is I connected when I was so sick and, you know, when I didn't know where I was going to live and all these things, I, every day I had a practice of connecting to the version of me. I was, I actually wear this dress in the vision it's funny, um, that I'm wearing right now. It's just like a white TJ Maxx dress, but you know, yeah. I, I connected to this vision of me and she, you know, she's like smiling and dancing and twirling and just like so radiant and like, Every day I would spend five minutes just connecting to that version of me. Even when I could like barely get out of bed because I had Epstein Barr and mold and blah, blah, blah. Even when uh, I could barely get out of bed, I would connect to that version of me and I would embody her now. Right. And can you rebuild the life that she wants you to live, that she's waiting on the other side of? And, and at the same time, hold so much trust. And I believe this, like with every fiber of my being that like everything that happens to you is happening for you. And if you can have, if you can hold that, even when it's a total, total storm, if you can hold like the version of me on the other side of this is beyond what I could have ever dreamed of becoming. I trust this journey so much. It will make it so much less painful. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. And that's something I talk about a little bit too, is if you can just, when you're going through the hard, horrible things, 
know that there's a reason for it. There's something that is actually going to come out of this. That's going to change you and deeper align you as well. And I think that's something that we overlook sometimes is when things are don't go totally crazy and throw us off. It's like, that's a sign that the universe and God is telling us that something's not right here. Something's not right. Because, you know, my therapist always reminds me of this, like, nothing should be this hard. So if your life feels like really, really just like your wall after wall after wall after wall, then like, something's off. Right. Like not to say that your life is going to be like rainbows and butterflies 24 seven. No, but like generally speaking, you want more good days than bad. You know, you want more ecstatic moments than, you know, heartbreaking. And so Mm -hmm. if you're in a storm right now, like what's out of alignment. And a lot of times we know, I knew Austin wasn't right. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew it. And I was trying everything to make it work. And God kept, you know, it was like, boom, no, boom, no, boom, no. And I wouldn't listen until finally the last straw was when I got attacked. And I was like, all right, I hear. And it's so crazy because I said to my sister, I'm like, I, my dad passed away. And I said, I was on the phone with my sister. And I said, I just keep praying, you know, for dad and God to show me a sign. And five seconds later, a man came out of the woods. And it's like, you can't make this stuff up. Like the signs and the messages, they're there. But so often we're, our ego is so like hell bent on making the dream and the life look the way we think it should, that you're totally blinded by what's, what's actually true, which is to let go of this and make space for what I call the capital D dream. Which mm-hmm. oftentimes is not anything like what you think it's going to be. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never, basically. So like, and can you let that excite you? Like that is the thing that like freaking jolts me out of bed in the morning. Like I have no clue what's going to happen. Like my life and my love life and my business are such an adventure. Like it's so fun to live from this place of not knowing. And a year ago, like this has been a process. I was not, I would have never said that. So for those of you that are rolling your eyes, like, she's so annoying. Like I get it. You know, like I was not in that place, but something clicked in me where I just was like, I'm not in control of any of this anyway. So I might as well just put my hands up and get on the roller coaster and like have fun. (laughs) Yeah. A million percent. I'm right there with you. I actually just got home um, from a three and a half week trip. I was visiting home, which is in Ohio. I live in Colorado and it was a huge reset for me because I spent so much time away from my routine. I was not really doing anything for the business. I was just totally stepped away. And when I got back, I had so much clarity. Yeah. It was just like, oh, like I know exactly what I want to do now and where I want to put my focus and I just can see it all. And now I also shift into the mindset of presence, total, just being present and what's alive and real for me here and now. And I'm going to follow that and I'm going to stop planning and pressure and trying to force things to happen the way that I think they should happen. Because again, we don't know. 
we don't know. We don't know what's best for us all the time. We know it lights us up and we should go and follow that, but we don't know what we really need in this whole big picture of, you know, the best person for us or whatever job. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what a gift that is. (laughs) It is a gift. Yeah. Because like you said, oftentimes it's probably going to be so much better Better. than we could plan with our little human minds. Exactly. Exactly. One of my favorite mantras is God, show me how freaking good it can get. Like I say Mm. that every morning, like show me how freaking good it can get. And I'm just like constantly in awe of how good it's getting and better every day. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we can all start to ask ourselves every day, how good can it get? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I would love to hear um, just any last tips that you have for somebody who might just need that one little tip to start doing something that's going to propel them forward in their purpose or their dream. Yeah. You know, I think the, I'll say the first, I'm going to dare to be obvious. The first rule of improv, (laughs) the first thing that came to my mind was, can you follow your curiosity? You know, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this a lot. Like she says, forget about your purpose. Just follow your curiosity. Because a lot of times when we're on the path to purpose, which is a forever path, we, that word, that term can feel so daunting, right? It's like, oh my God, my purpose, right? And so it's like, can you just take action on one thing that you've been curious about? Whatever's on your heart is for a reason, right? If the dream is in you, it's for you. So whatever you're curious about right now, like whatever you're feeling that pull towards, can you just take that one step and can you see what, without any attachment, can you just see where that leads you? So this could be in love, you know, maybe you've been curious to get on the dating apps or you've been curious to text the guy you haven't talked to in three months or, you know, in, in your purpose, maybe you've always wanted to take an art class, but you never make time for it in your business. Maybe you've always wanted to, you know, experiment with a different type of coaching or a different offer. Like, can you just take one tiny step towards that? And then take the right next step after that. Like, can you just keep following the opening? Can you just mm-hmm. keep following the opening and trusting that you'll be led to the right people and places on your journey? Because Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, so important and so beautiful. This conversation today was amazing. I absolutely loved having you. And I would love for you to tell my listeners how they can connect with you and learn more about you. And I will be sure to link all of Claire's info, Instagram, and website and everything in the show notes. Yay. Amazing. So the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at Claire underscore Penelope. Um, You'll find my link tree there to see what I have going on at the time, whenever this airs. Um, and please send me a DM. I'd love to send you a little free visualization to help kickstart you mm-hmm. on your journey forward to your purpose, your business expansion and your love life. So feel free to DM me for that. Just mention that you heard me on the show and I'm so excited to connect with all of you. This has been so amazing. I've loved every moment 
And thank you for having me. Oh, yes. I'm so happy that you were here and that we got to do this call. And I can't wait to go back and listen, honestly, because there are so many gems. Well, I appreciate your time, Claire. And we will see you next time on the Embodied Soul Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I certainly did. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you gave this podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It helps us to get the word out and for more listeners to find us. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you for the next episode. Mm -hmm.